Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Is weight alone a pregnancy risk factor requiring intervention? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 79 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I'm excited to dive into this week's episode. Would you take a quick screenshot of you listening to the episode and upload it to your Instagram stories? Tag Happy Home Birth Podcast, and I'll be sure to share it in my stories as well. Now, like I said, I am really excited to share the stories of today's guest, Briley. Briley is a mom to three precious babes, and she's experienced both negative and positive birthing experiences. Today, we are going to go into the reasons behind that. Now, please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Let's get to it. Riley, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you. We have got a lot to talk about today. Would you mind starting by introducing yourself to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am Briley, and I am married to my husband, Justin. We have been married for seven years, um, and we have three children, um, a daughter who will be six next month. Um, we have a son who is two. And then we have another son that is uh, five weeks today. Um, We live in Middle Tennessee, and I'm a hairdresser and a photographer. And yeah, that's about, that's our life. (laughs) Got a teeny, teeny, tiny little one. Mm -hmm. Yep, he's so sweet. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, I can't wait to hear his story and your other two children's stories. So this starts back about six years ago, you said. Or you're, mm-hmm. So what was your first pregnancy experience like? Um, so with my daughter, um, we actually, so we ended up getting pregnant pretty quickly after we got married. We got married in October and we're pregnant by July. Um, and that was, that was an emotional experience because I was actually diagnosed with PCOS when I was about 14 years old. Um, And so I had been told for many, many years that pregnancy was not gonna be an easy thing um, if I was even going to be able to get pregnant. Um, And they were wrong on that end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I literally got pregnant like as soon as I stopped taking um, birth control. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so, so I got pregnant super quickly and, um, I want to mention this when we were, when we went to the OBGYN, um, she said to me, I'm going to give you six months to try, and then we'll start talking about other options. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, she was like totally convinced at that point that I was not going to be able to have a baby, um, easily, but sitting in her office that day, I, I would have been, I mean, things would have already been going. I would have been pregnant. It would have just been too (laughs) soon to tell. So then I'm in her office a few weeks later and I'm like, 
you were, were wrong. wrong. <laughs> you, were, you were deeply, deeply wrong. <laughs> you were very, very wrong. Because um, we honestly thought it would take a while too, you know? So we weren't really 100% like, yeah, like we're going to have a baby right now. We were like, <laughs> yeah, let's start trying to have a baby. Maybe we'll have a baby in, you know, a few months. Yeah, right. no. Um, <laughs> no, we were pregnant right away. So yeah, so um, start of pregnancy, one thing that I really remember that is kind of an odd thing that not a lot of people um, or not a lot of women talk about, I had horrible implantation cramps with her. Mm. Um, I mean, like to the point of like sobbing. I mean, I it was horrible. I thought for sure that I was gonna lose the baby like that that's what it that that's what was happening but I had just found out I was pregnant like the day before so um yeah so that was that was weird but then the rest of her pregnancy or my pregnancy with her um went really really well um we found out gender and um yeah so I was with an OBGYN um a female OBGYN and um that, that pregnancy, I was treated fairly well, but I never felt like I was heard, um, Mm. as far as my desires for, like, the birth, Mm. um, I kind of started my, my, um, love for birth, um, pretty young, because my mom had a natural birth with her fourth child, um, so that was my, my youngest brother, Um, she had him in a birthing center and that was different than anything that I had ever seen before. Um, so then when I got pregnant, I I just kind of did the, you know, the, the thing that you're quote unquote supposed to do, you know, you go to the OBGYN who you were seeing before, um, and just, you know, kind of do whatever. But then I watched the business being born. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. During her, during my pregnancy with her and um, you know, so I had all of these desires and, um, you know, voicing those to her, it was always just kind of like, yeah, we'll see how things go, you know, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be induced. She's like, yeah, we'll see how things go. Uh, <laughs> um, like not giving you a straight answer. Just yeah. Putting yeah. You off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so anyways, um, what ended up happening with her, um, is I woke up in the middle of the night one night and I was having some bleeding. Um, now I'm educated enough to know that that was bloody show, which is totally normal when you're 40 weeks pregnant. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and I called and my doctor was out of town. And the on-call doctor made it seem like it was an emergency. Mm. And um, so my mom actually came and got me because my husband was at work and drove me downtown to the hospital. And so basically that night they did, this doctor, this on-call doctor did everything she could to try to pin preeclampsia on me. They um, did blood work like multiple times. Um, every time that I used the bathroom, I had to, um, go in like a, a 
bedpan um, so that they could, you know, test the urine for protein. Um, She was like, I'm keeping you overnight. She tried to, she tried to induce me that night. This doctor did. And I was like, you mentioned earlier before we started recording, did you feel that there was any certain reason for her to be doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Because I am, um, I'm a plus size mom. Mm -hmm. So I, um, when I started out that pregnancy, I was, I weighed probably, uh, probably in the low, like two hundreds. Um, yeah. And so, and when, when I had gotten to the hospital that night, my blood pressure was high the first initial reading. So with me being plus size and getting up that high blood pressure reading, that to her was like, there has to be something wrong. And I was just, I was like, look, I haven't had any high blood pressure readings my whole pregnancy. It's two o'clock in the morning. You're like, you've got me scared at this mm-hmm. point, you know? Um, I would be more concerned if my blood pressure wasn't a little bit high. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, because I, I think I would probably be, you know, dead if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so so she uh, wanted to keep me overnight, and I was like, yeah, whatever, that's fine, but you're not inducing me. So I refused induction. Then my blood pressure was perfect the rest of the night. Um, she said, I want you to go home, monitor your blood pressure over the weekend. I did that. My blood pressure was perfect over the weekend. Come Monday, I go back to the doctor's office. She walks in the room and takes my blood pressure and it was high. (laughs) It was high. And, um, I just told my mom, I was like, I am terrified of that woman. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I, physically I mean, terrified yeah physically terrified and um my dad actually they they have told him he's got what they call white coat syndrome um where his blood pressure gets higher whenever um he's at the doctor's office so I think there's definitely a little bit of that going on with me too but um I mean my blood pressure had been perfect all all weekend I'd been monitoring it and and so at that point, I pretty much knew that I had lost the battle. Um, so she sent me straight to the hospital mm. um, to be induced. And that was excruciating. <laughs> um, they did um, side attack uh, four times. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. Um, I, again, I'm educated enough now to know that that's really dangerous. Right. Um, yes. for, for those of you who don't know, side attack is something that they give for, to cause uterine contractions, but it actually isn't even approved for that use. It's an ulcer mm-hmm. medication and okay. it's linked to uterine rupture. So it's definitely something that you want to consider and ask about before using and the fact that they're just like handing it out to people is is pretty crazy four times sheesh Mm -hmm. yeah four times it was it was pretty bad um yeah Ina May's book the um guide to childbirth it has a really good um section about side attack that's really informative um 
So I would recommend to anybody to, to read that. <laughs> um, yeah. So they did that four times and then started Pitocin and, um, I labored for a really long time and then ended up getting an epidural and had a baby. Um, I pushed for 30 minutes. So, um, and she was good. Everything was good. Um, oh, <laughs> backtrack just a tad. Um, so, you know, I started with different, like my OBGYN and then a different OBGYN induced me and then a male OBGYN actually delivered her. Oh, wow. So you were, that was yeah. not continuity of care by any means. No, no, I was, uh, man, I was, it was uncomfortable for sure. Um, I don't have anything against male OBGYNs, but I had never had one before. Mm. And I mean, I'm great way to to get one for the first time. Uh, Yeah, right. I literally met him like 30 minutes before I started pushing and he like walked in the room and said, hey, and the next time, I mean, he was delivering my baby. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's my story with her. Um, now this is where the, the plus size mom stuff gets, gets good is with my second. Um, so with my son, um, I decided that I really wanted my, um, experience to be different. And I had had um, a sister-in-law who had used the midwives at our hospital um, and had a, a good experience. She um, had her natural birth and everything went really well. And so I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. So that's what I decided to do. So I went to the midwives. Um, and it's a pretty big group of midwives. I want to say when I went, there was like maybe eight midwives. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they have you see a different one pretty much every time. You know, they, they circulate you through them um, so that you know whoever delivers your baby. And I liked that. I, I, I would have rather had that with my daughter, you know, like circulate me through the doctors in your office, you know, if you're thinking you're going to be out of town, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I liked the idea of that. Um, and I, throughout the pregnancy, I, I, I did end up liking most of them. (laughs) Um, but so my very first appointment, I would have been, about eight weeks along, I believe. Um, no, that made me wait longer than that. Maybe 10 weeks. Um, they took my blood pressure and it was high. And I was like, well, that's really strange because at my doctor, my blood pressure is not high, like my normal doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they were like, okay, well, we'll just wait and see what it is next time. So I went back again and, and again, it was high. So they, um, sent me to, uh, maternal fetal medicine. 
Um, and they were going to work with them. Um, and I never had a reading that was over 140 over 90. Mm-hmm. That's like the, that's like the threshold. Like that's, that's when you're high. Um, and so maternal fetal medicine put me on medication. Oh, Caitlin, every single time that I took the medication, I passed out. Oh my word. Yeah. (laughs) Every single time. And so, you know, I'm telling them, I'm like, this medication is like, it's making me pass out. Like it is, it's bottoming out my blood pressure Mm -hmm. so low that I am blacking out while doing hair. Which is not something you want your hairstylist doing, by the way. <laughs> no, there are scissors involved. <laughs> yeah, right. Scissors and bleach, probably. Right. <laughs> now, I have um, a question. Did they yeah. ever ask you to monitor your blood pressure on your own at home? Yes. Okay. So had they gotten any, like, had were you getting readings that it was like? My was readings fine? were fine. But at that point, they blamed that on the medication. They said that it was medication that was making my readings fine. But my readings were fine before I was taking the medication, Mm -hmm. which is why I was passing out. Right. So now, here comes my third appointment with the midwives. They decide to use a different blood pressure cuff, a bigger one. Mm -hmm. I'm a plus-size woman. My arms are a little bigger. I need a bigger blood pressure cuff. Might be a good idea. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that never like clicked with me until they did it. And then my blood pressure was good. And I was like, huh. But again, they said that was because of the medication that I was on. Ugh. So um, I I started taking half of it. Um, and that, that still, I would still get really, really lightheaded um, and like have to sit down and kind of like, you know, wait for my blood pressure to come back up. Um, but towards the towards the like middle of the pregnancy, I started taking half of a pill at night and it was labetalol, which is a beta blocker. So it slows down your heart rate, but it is, it's a quick release drug. So, um, basically I was taking it so that it would be gone by the time that I got up to do stuff. Right. (laughs) Um, packing off the box. Yeah. I was just, I was just trying to (laughs) obey the doctors. Right. Um, yeah, but so yeah, they um they just really they did not listen to me. Like they they wanted to they wanted to be right, you know. They didn't want it to be a mistake that they had made, you know, which was using the wrong size blood pressure cuff. Right. Um, oh gosh. So yeah, I was with MFM and of course their recommendation is to induce at 39 weeks mm-hmm. um, because they, they diagnosed me with um, chronic hypertension, which means existed before you got pregnant, right? Uh, which I knew wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, they're the medical professionals, so, you know, they know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yep. So halfway through my pregnancy with him, they tested for gestational diabetes I failed the first test by half of a point and they made me do the longer one Mm. um and I passed out oh boy I passed out when they were drawing my blood for that one um 
yeah, not a great experience. Um, but I don't know. I just felt like I felt like maybe if I wasn't a a plus size mom, that they probably wouldn't have made me retake it, failing it by half of a point. Right. Um, I mean, I did not have any symptoms of having gestational diabetes. Um, I didn't have it with my daughter. Um, you know, I had hardly gained any weight. I, I gained a total of 10 pounds when I was pregnant with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I had him, it, like I had lost like 25. Wow. So I really was losing weight. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. Um, so I I just kind of felt like that was they did that based on you know how I look. Um, but so yeah. Um, MFM told me at one appointment, or one of the doctors told me, she said, if you are in any other state we would not be seeing you. Really? And I was like, wait, what? And she said, the highest reading, like based on the highest reading that we've ever had with you, she said, this is really not something to be concerned about. It has to do with where you are. She said, being in Tennessee, being in the South, um, just something about doctors they just, they treat these blood pressures differently than they do anywhere else. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, it, it, that really made me wonder that if I was smaller, um, if they wouldn't have been concerned about the blood pressures because they were sure that they were just going to keep getting higher and they got lower throughout my pregnancy. And remember, I was not taking the medication how I should have been. (laughs) So they were legitimately getting, my my blood pressure was getting better through my pregnancy. Right. Um, Well, I mean, I'm sure the cuff helped. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Correct. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. So, so I, um, oh, I said wrong earlier. It, they wanted to induce me at 38 weeks. Oh, wow. It was 38. Um, because I insisted that we wait another week after I hit 38 and they were okay with it. Um, so I was induced once again. Um, that induction was a little better. You're still with the, the midwives but yes. you just have maternal fetal medicine kind of over supervising everything. Yes. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was never really sure exactly how that was going to like work out. I guess in, in any situation, maternal fetal medicine would not have delivered the baby. It, it, I was always going to deliver with the midwives or the doctors that the midwives were working under. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were, they were specifically monitoring my blood pressure and prescribing medication. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the induction was their recommendation to the midwives. Okay. Um, so, and the midwives are kind of bound to take their recommendations 
Right. Right. So 39 weeks comes. Yeah. So 39 weeks come. I told the midwives, I was like, if I'm going to be induced again, um, I would really like to do it in the morning. Um, because with my daughter, I was induced at like 5 PM. And so I was up all night long. Ooh, yeah. Um, so that was like my one request. Um, well, it just so happens that everyone in Nashville was having their baby that day. Oh, no. So I got there at like 6 a.m., I believe, and did not get a room until 5 p.m. Oh, my word. Yeah. Oh, um, no. <laughs> my husband had taken off work. My best friend took off work. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I, I, and, and it was one of those things where it was like, you can go home. But, you know, if nobody else comes in, we could have the room open in an hour. You know what right. I mean? So it was, I was just like, we're just going to stay here and just hang out. And, you know, we walked around and, you know, I went and got something to eat because um, I hadn't eaten. And, um, yeah, it was crazy. I'm I'm serious. Like, there were so many spontaneous births coming into the hospital. I mean, it was just like one after the other, like, <laughs> and, and you can't be mad about that. Right. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, go you, you're in labor. <sighs> I'm going to stay here in the waiting room until I have a room. to. Maybe I'll go into labor. <laughs> just <laughs> Right. Right. Seriously. Um, yeah. So anyways, so I didn't get a room until like, it was like five or six. Um, and I had, I had asked if we could start with a Foley bulb. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Foley bulb that they used on me to start my induction, um, was a new one. They said, um, that actually had two bulbs on it. Hmm. Um, one behind the other right so there was like a smaller one and then like a bigger one apparently that was like a new thing for them gotcha. um so they put that in and it fell out at midnight um and that actually dilated me to a seven whoa that's awesome and and for those yeah. who don't know what a foley bulb is it is like it's kind of like a balloon that they like they'll insert it <laughs> and then it opens and that can help, you know, dilate the cervix. Um, it kind of mimics the baby's head. Right. Exactly. And so that can be a really cool way to not have, you know, um, medication. If your body will kind of respond to that, that's a great way to avoid it. Yeah, definitely. And I had a really good experience with it. Um, it's not, it's not the most comfortable thing, um, you know, to have it placed right. um but yeah it was it was definitely better than Satatech and um not as many crazy risks yeah um but here's the problem with the fully bulb oh. when your baby is really 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 high up and the fully bulb comes out nothing is going to happen because now there's nothing sitting on your cervix anymore right. which is exactly what happened to me mm. so um fully bulb came out at midnight and um they started pitocin mm. and nothing was happening um 
and it took them a little while. They had to like jack up the Pitocin like crazy to get contractions going. And then once they started it, you know, hit me like a freight train. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just still so high up um, that he just wasn't ready. He was not right. ready to come. Like, <laughs> oh, it's kind of like he just wasn't ready to be born yet. Hmm. Yeah, right. Interesting. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I um, – oh, also – Obviously, they were monitoring my blood pressure throughout, and my blood pressure was good throughout my labor. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was was really, really good. So um, I started laboring really, really, really hard, and um, I asked them if they, after a little while, I asked them if they could turn off the Pitocin um, to see if my body would kind of just take over, mm-hmm. um, and it did for a little while, and then things kind of started to, you know, taper down a little bit and um so the midwife came in and she was like I think we need to break your water and start potassium again Mm -hmm. and I was like if you're gonna do that I need an epidural Mm. um because I was already laboring really hard right and they did that before I got my epidural they broke my water and started potassium again was the baby still high up at that point? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and again, from being more educated, I know now that that could have caused, caused a, um, cord prolapse. Right. It's just, it's frustrating <laughs> that you're saying like, oh, and now I know it's like, why, why do these people not talk about like, now here are the risks and benefits. Like that's not in cor- informed consent when it's just no, like, oh, we're going to do this. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, one quick thing I want to share about my daughter, that, that doctor that induced me with her, she swept my membranes without asking Mm. or warning me that night in the hospital when she was trying to induce me. Oh, wow. (laughs) I literally like, that was so painful and I was not prepared for it. But like talking about informed consent, like she didn't even tell me she was going to do it. She just did it. Yikes. Right. No, no. Yeah. No. (laughs) That was awful. Right. Exactly. Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so, okay. So waters are broken. Pitocin starting back up and you asked for an (laughs) epidural. Yep. Um, hindsight, I would have, had them give me the epidural before they did those things Mm -hmm. um because getting an epidural once your water is broken Uh, on pitocin it wasn't it it was a struggle um yeah so I got an epidural took a nap woke up was dilated to a nine and a half um and my nurse said to me the girl in the room next to you is complete, but I think you can push this baby out faster than her. <laughs> so do you want to give it a try? And I was like, sure. <laughs> That's weird, but okay. Right? Um, and she was right, though. I, I, I pushed like twice and he came out. Wow. Um, yeah. So, and he was good. Everything was good. Um, here's where the fun part comes in. Um, as soon as I had him, this nurse comes in 
and switches the blood pressure cuff from the large one to the like regular one that they keep at the bedside mm-hmm. and tells me that my blood pressure is like one it was gosh it was crazy it was like one um 60 over 110 or something like that um and I looked at her and I said so what you're trying to tell me right now is that um y'all just let me labor for 24 hours with the wrong blood pressure cuff on and she just kind of like wrote me off like didn't really say anything and then came back in with a doctor <laughs> And then the doctor tells me that if my blood pressure doesn't go down, they're going to have to put me on magnesium for 24 hours. Oh, my word. Um, and I was, like, I was just dumbfounded. I could not even believe that that, that had just happened. And, you know, you're in a place, like, I, I've been up all night long. I've just had a baby. These people are trying to tell me that, my blood pressure is high. I know that they've changed the cuff back to the one that doesn't fit me. Right. But they're not listening. They're looking at me and saying, she has to have a problem. There has to be a problem here. Right. Because she's fat, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, and I, I just like, I cannot believe it. So they doped me up on labetalol which made me feel awful and um yeah and my quote-unquote blood pressure came down um and my blood pressure was fine for the rest of the the stay (sighs) Uh, so yeah that was my experience with him Um, that is rough yeah rough stuff yeah well so it seems like you decided hey (laughs) didn't love all that (laughs) That was not my favorite because you made a pretty big shift with baby number three. Yes. Um, with baby number three, I was like, I am not going back to the hospital. I won't do it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah. So with baby number three, um, which I, I should include baby number three was a really big surprise. (laughs) Um, we already had a you know little girl and a little boy and we were we were good but god said no you're not <laughs> more more of you <laughs> yes so um so yeah baby number three was a really big surprise but that made me even more determined to do it my way this time because i was like i get another chance right i get another chance to you know to prove these doctors wrong yeah um so I pretty much immediately started searching for um a home birth midwife that delivered in my area um that was not scared of me (laughs) um you know we have we have a birthing center that I actually reached out to um, but if your BMI is over a certain number, they will not let you deliver in the birthing center. Mm-hmm. That and was that to the me, thing that we had at ours too, like not, yeah. it, was, it was hospital connected, but I know there were yeah. a lot, well, I don't know what they did if you were allowed to, to mm-hmm. give birth in the birth center, if it had to be the hospital, but I know there was like 
oh, if your BMI is a certain amount, you can't have a water birth. And it was like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what does that mean? But go on. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, it just, it really goes to show that there's, there's not research on it, you know? Yeah, um, arbitrary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so I talked to them and, you know, when they told me that, I was just kind of like, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. Um, so I started reaching out to midwives in the area um, and I was contacted back um, and basically um, no, none of the midwives that I reached out to refused me for my BMI. Um, they just, there were a couple that didn't service my area. Gotcha. Um, so, but, but there was one that did, um, and wanted to have a meeting with me and my husband. So we went in, her name was Jennifer. Um, and so we went in and had a meeting with her and I kind of, you know, gave her the, the backstory that I, I just gave you. Um, and she said, you know, I think you're a great candidate for, um, a home birth. Um, you know, if, if anything were to happen, you know, I, I want to, you know, still like work with you and, you know, try to figure things out. Um, so I, I was like, okay, let's do this. Um, and so we started seeing her, um, and there was, um, there was an appointment where I had a higher blood pressure reading and, um, it was, it was at that threshold, that 140 over 90. Um, and she, she was like, I really think that, that this is more the cuff that I'm using. Um, she's like, it doesn't really fit your arm very well. And I was like, you have no idea how much of a relief it is for me to hear you say that. Yes. Um, and she was like, well, yeah, she was like, that's one of the first things you're taught, you know, is to, is how to, you know, measure the arm with the blood pressure cuff to see if it's going to be an accurate reading. Um, so she ended up ordering a different one, um, that was a little bit bigger. Um, and that one read my blood pressure a lot better. Awesome. Um, now when that happened, when I had that higher reading, she asked me if I would be okay with going to see a nurse midwife that was a friend of hers um, to have somebody kind of on the back burner if I did end up needing medication. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's fine. You know, I, I understand like she has to be careful, you know. Um, and so I did. I went and saw um, a nurse midwife at um, a practice. And, um, she was awesome. She was so cool. Um, I actually asked my mom when, when we left, I was like, can I have her at my birth too? <laughs> Cause we just, we just like really connected well. Um, and, um, my mom's response was, do you really want to pay for two home birth midwives? <laughs> and I said, mm, no, no, I don't actually. Um, but 
anyways, um, my blood pressure was good in her office. And so she actually called and talked to Jennifer while we were there. And she was like, this girl's fine. Like, she's great. She's going to have an awesome home birth. Like, she was so encouraging. She was just great. Um, but we had her in place if we needed her. Right. Um, Jennifer got a new blood pressure cuff. My blood pressures were pretty much good. I, I maybe had one or two that were, like, a little bit elevated, but it was when my kids were with me at the appointments. That will make a difference. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, I remember um, I actually remember there was a client that we had that would always <laughs> like she would if she just like had a blood pressure reading it would be high she would get so stressed out and nervous. Yeah. And so she would always bring her phone with her and she would start watching Golden Girls. And so we would have her lie down and let her oh, watch Golden Girls Lord. for a few minutes while we would take her blood pressure and then it was a it was a perfectly fine reading but that's hilarious (laughs) see that's that to me is like that's the white coat syndrome you know you just get when you know somebody's gonna take your blood pressure it's just like oh man (laughs) this is scary yeah (laughs) right but then that makes your blood pressure high so exactly um, (laughs) yeah so anyways um yeah blood pressures were good I monitored them at home um with a large size blood pressure cuff that I got off of Amazon um, throughout my pregnancy and, um, they were good. I did go to, this is one thing that I, I definitely wanted to talk about. I did go to my primary care physician first before I went to the nurse midwife, um, to see if he would just like give me medication if I needed it. Um, I was just trying to avoid establishing care with another doctor, um, which I now regret. Um, he literally said to me, if you were my wife, you wouldn't be having a home birth. Oh, well, I'm not. (laughs) Right. Right. I was like, okay. (laughs) Like, I like you as my primary care physician. I don't like you as this though whatever this is whatever whatever you're trying to make happen happen (laughs) yeah yeah so um you know he and he was just you know just trying to you know I don't know make me scared scare me out of doing it I don't know um yeah but anyways um so that's you know another you know bad experience with a with a physician so the rest of the pregnancy it was good I was super sick at the beginning of that one um I'm sorry I'm like jumping all over the place no, you're fine. um I was super sick and um nothing helped I tried everything nothing helped um but we decided not to find out the gender which we did not do with either of our other two oh, so okay. that was fun that is yeah so um now when we did go for our anatomy scan um which was the 20 week scan I had a really really bad experience as a plus-size woman um the the tech um actually ended up like cutting me there were like probably eight or nine like small lacerations on my stomach (laughs) 
from where she was pushing so, so hard and didn't have like enough gel. Um, and I told, I told my husband, like after we left, I was like, it literally felt like she was ripping me open. Like what, what in the world? Um, and I was right. Um, yeah. So I, I had to have a conversation with the owner of that place. Um, and I just, you know, basically said like, your texts need to be, uh, you know, completely aware of the type of body that they're working on and aware that there are different types of bodies. Mm-hmm. The area where she was, like my skin is stretched out and thin in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was my third baby and, you know, I am a plus size woman. So like, you just, you have to be careful. Um, and, you know, there are stretch marks in that area. There are like, you can tell that that skin is not, you know, really just like dense. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really, really horrible. So your, so your experience though, with your midwife seems like it was strong throughout your, throughout your pregnancy. And what was it like, as it kind of culminated, what was labor like with that midwife? I woke up January 10th and I was having contractions, and um, they were, like, really mild, and pretty far apart, Um, and I didn't really think anything of it, so I got up, and I got um, everybody ready, and got in the car to take my daughter to school, and um, on the way there, um, I was still having these contractions, and I noticed that there was really bad traffic, like, on the route that I would have to take coming home, um, and so I called my mom, and I was like, hey, can I come to your house and go for a walk, because she lives in, like, a neighborhood where you can do that. I do not, (laughs) right, Um, and I was like, I've been having contractions, but I don't really think they're anything, so, Um, and of course, she was like, yeah, sure, come on, So me and my son went, um, and we went for a walk and I was having contractions during the walk, but again, not real consistent, nothing to, you know, track or anything like that. Um, so I finished up the walk with my mom and we went in the house and I was sitting down trying to cool down. Um, (laughs) and after about 10 minutes, my mom walked into the room And this is hysterical. So we made eye contact and she was about to say something to me. And in that moment, I looked at her and I said, something just came out of me. Oh my word. And she goes, what was it? And I said, I don't know. (laughs) Someone's going to have to check. (laughs) Yeah. She goes, was it your water? And so I was, I like, I kind of shifted around just a little bit on her couch and I was like, yes, yes, that's what it was. Get me a towel. (laughs) So my water broke at my parents' house, um, on their couch. Sorry, mom (laughs) and dad. Um, not a whole lot came out on their couch. Thank goodness. Very nice. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, so my water broke. Um, I went to the bathroom and sat down on the toilet so that I could see, um, the fluid. Um, and when I say it broke, I mean like it broke, like it wasn't like a little leak or something like <laughs> it was pouring out. Um, so the fluid was clear, which was good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually literally timed two contractions before that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was texting my midwife and telling her like, Hey, I'm having contractions. You know, I'm just, I'm just starting to time them. She's like, okay, cool. Like, let me know if they pick up or get really consistent. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then the next text I send her is, well, my water just broke. (laughs) So (laughs) I think we're going to be having a baby. Um, And so, yeah, so the rest of the day um, I spent trying to get contractions going Mm -hmm. and I failed. Um, (laughs) So uh, let me tell you a little bit about what that looked like. I went for a walk going for a walk when your water is broken it's it's not real fun interesting Um, yeah I you know basically had soaking wet pants when I came back in the house Um, (laughs) so yeah so I bounced around on my ball I went for a walk um we had a dance party in my living room um yeah I used a breast pump to try to get contractions going and none of that really worked really Um, yeah so I decided to um my my doula I was texting my doula and she um asked me to ask my midwife if it was okay to to try the miles circuit yeah um and so I decided to do that um oh backtrack a little bit my midwife had come over that morning um at about 11 to see how far I was dilated and I was dilated to a two. Okay. Um, so she just wanted to make sure that things weren't going to like go crazy fast or anything like that. And Um, also, so for people curious, the mile circuit, if you don't know what that is, it's a series of movements that moms can do like as contractions are going on, um, to help get baby into a good position. If the baby happens to be like kind of wonky or something. Um, so the first one usually is open knee chest where like you're lying either on your bed or on the floor and your bottom's kind of up in the air, which can bring the baby out of the pelvis. If he or she is in kind of like a weird position, then you like flip to your side and do like a some people call it the Texas roll, which I had never heard of until recently. <laughs> Other people call it exaggerated Sims position. So you do that, you can flip to both sides, and then usually you want to be vertical for a while. So then you'll like be up for 30 minutes, maybe do some kind of Captain Morgan, like your leg up position. Um, but yeah, okay. So now I just, I just want to make sure people knew what that was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We did, um, I, I say we, because my, my best friend, um, was like with me through this whole thing. Like she came at like 10 o'clock that morning. Um, so we together did the steps like on, on my front porch, like sidestepping. Um, if that was fun, not really, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah. Okay. So all of that happened. Let's see here around six o'clock. Um, also my doula brought over some clary sage oil and rubbed that on my belly, um, and on the pressure points on my ankles. Um, cause that can kind of help move things along as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, nothing really ever happened. <laughs> 
<laughs> until I laid down to try to sleep. There you go. <laughs> and it was it was about uh, nine thirty, and I was like, "All right, well, I guess we all just kind of need to go to sleep and you know see what happens." Um, so it had been about twelve hours since my water broke. Um, and so I laid down and, um, pretty much immediately contractions started happening. Um, they were pretty mild, so I didn't really think anything of it. I just kind of sat there and, you know, played on my phone and listened to my husband snore beside me. (laughs) Um, and then at about 11 o'clock, I thought to myself, okay, these are pretty uncomfortable. Like I'm not really even able to like rest through them. Um, so I started timing them and for 30 minutes, they were lasting a minute long and were three minutes apart. Oh, wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, maybe I should, (laughs) maybe I should call my midwife and my doula. So I texted my midwife and I told her what was going on and um, she texted me back and says, okay, great. I have a fever. Oh no. So Chelsea and Maggie are going to come. Now Chelsea and Maggie, I had met them both, but only once. Um, are these her students? Chelsea is, um, she is a certified midwife um, that works with her, like her partner, basically. Um, and then Maggie has finished her schooling, but um, hasn't gotten her certification yet. Gotcha. Um, now, that may sound like a bad thing, but I will tell you right now, everyone that was supposed to be there was there. Um, it, it was, it was amazing. Like it, it was exactly who I needed to be there. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, yeah. So anyways, um, so they got there really, really quickly, like for sure had to have broken walls. Um, (laughs) and my doula also got there very, very quickly. Um, and I just kind of, you know, they just kind of let me do my thing. They came in and set up everything. And um, I was laboring um, a little bit, like, on my ball and um, leaning over the counter in my kitchen. That was, I found that to be a comfortable position. Um, and so after a little while, um <clears throat> they filled up the, um, the birth pool. So I did have a birth pool. Um, and so I asked if I could get in, but more so because I was worried about the water getting cold than I was like, I need that right now. (laughs) Um, and, um, so Chelsea, um, she's the midwife. She says, you know, I I really would like to check you before you get in, because if you're not, you know, progressed enough, it could slow it down. And we don't want that to happen. 
and I knew that. Um, but I, I don't know. I just wanted to get in for some reason. <laughs> right. Um, and so I was like, okay, that's fine. I had, I had initially told them that I really didn't want to be checked. Um, but I understood why. So she checked me and I was at a four. So basically that was at 1.30 a.m. So I, I get up after she checks me and I go and use the bathroom. She tells me it's probably best if you just try to rest a little bit right now while you're still kind of in early labor. And I'm like, okay. So I lay down in the bed and physically felt something pop inside me. Oh boy. And I, 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 I don't know what it was. I, I truly believe that he was in a wonky position Mm -hmm. and he shifted whenever I laid down that time for some reason. But let me tell you, after that happened, the contraction that I had after that was intense. (laughs) So much so that my doula popped her head into the bedroom and was like, is everything okay in here? (laughs) And I was like, uh, no, like something has changed. Like something has changed significantly. So, um, she goes and lets my midwives know my midwives come in and, you know, just kind of talk to me a little bit. And I, at this point, like I cannot like even open my eyes during the contractions. Um, and so I asked, um, if I could get in the shower. Um, and they were like, yes, that's, that's fine. So that was a huge help to me, um, just being in the shower. So I exhausted all of the hot water, unfortunately, um, and got out and, um, laid back down in the bed for a few minutes. And my midwife said, I want you to have a few more of these contractions and then you can get in the water. And I said to her, okay, does the one that I just had count towards those contractions? (laughs) And she laughed at me and she said, yes. Um, So after that, after I had a few of those contractions, I I got in the tub. um, And I pretty much horse lipped my way all the way through my labor. Um, That was another thing that I um, had read about in the Ina Mae book. Um, and that was a huge help to me, like massive help. Um, so for those that don't know what that is, it's basically blowing air through your lips <laughs> right? Um, and making like that, the horse sound. Um, so I did that like all the way through. Um, I don't know what I would have done. Otherwise I, I tried like there was one time when I like yelled loudly, like high pitched, and that was not helpful to me at all. That made my whole body tense up. Yeah. Not helpful. Right. Um, so, oh, I forgot to mention when I got up to get in the shower, I was nauseous and shaking. So I am convinced that I went from a four, like straight into transition. It sounds like it within just like a few minutes. Um, Yeah. So anyway, so I was in the bath, um, or in the tub and, um, 
I just, I just labored like I was, I don't even remember like my husband being there. Like that's how in the zone I was. So yeah, like looking back at the pictures afterwards, like there were, he was behind me when I was pushing and I didn't even know it. Mm. Um, so I just went into, just went into the zone. Um, you know, once things got intense, like it was amazing. Um, and I just worked through every contraction as they came. And, um, I, I did switch positions a lot in the water. Um, and that, I felt like that, that helped me, um, to figure out like what was best. My midwife asked me if I would get out so that they could do vitals on me and check the baby. Um, and that sounded like the hardest thing in the entire world to do. <laughs> right. Um, I was like, how in the heck am I going to get out of this tub? Um, but I did it somehow. Um, and so everything was looking good. And I was like, I feel like I have to go to the bathroom, like not pee. (laughs) And they're like, oh, really? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, can I try? Like, can I try to go to the bathroom? And they're like, sure. (laughs) And, um, so I did. And yeah, there was nothing there but a baby. (laughs) Um, it was not what I was thinking. <laughs> yes, it was not what I was thinking. Um, so I got back in the tub and had a couple of the most intense contractions ever. Um, and I was like, I need to push. I need to push. And um, Chelsea was like, okay, let me check you and just make sure that, you know, all of your cervix is gone. Um, and funny I have to include this I know it's a little bit raunchy but I have to include it um she reached down to check and I said that is my butt (laughs) and everybody in the room like I mean the room just like filled up with laughter everybody just died laughing it was so funny um it was not funny to me at the time but it's very shocking yeah um like that is not where you're supposed to be um and she's like oh my gosh I'm sorry she's like you know I can't really see (laughs) because it's in the water and it's dark um so oh it's okay little baby (laughs) um yeah so she checked me and um I was good to go and so she, um, she was like, okay, like you're, it's all you. Um, and so I pushed and made noises that I didn't know I could make mm-hmm. and, um, very, very loud noises. Um, and then my daughter got in with me. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, in her little mermaid swimsuit, she <laughs> popped in there and, um, I, so I pushed the one time and then my daughter got in and then, um, most likely from the change in his position, um, they couldn't find his heart tones. Mm -hmm. 
and um, at that point he was crowning. Yeah. Um, and so Chelsea said, you need to push again. And I said, I can't. And the reason that I said that is because I wasn't having a contraction. So I didn't feel the urge. And she looked at me and she said, you have to. And I was like, oh, okay, I have to. Um, so I did, I pushed with like all my might, um, and that delivered his head. Um, and the cord was wrapped around his neck, but not bad. It was, it was pretty loose. Right. Um, and so one more push and he came out, um, and he was, um, he's what I like to call a lazy baby. <laughs> like he just wanted to like close his eyes and go back to sleep on my tummy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he wasn't breathing like he should have been. Right. Um, and so they did end up, um, having to give him a couple of breaths, um, with the, I need to f- figure out what that thing's called. The, the little face mask. With yeah. The, the bag. Yeah. 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 So they gave him a couple of breaths and he started to pink right up. Oh. And um, oh, buddy. Oh. and um, they had me get out, um, because um, it's hard to tell how much you're bleeding in the water, right? Um, and so they kind of just wanted to, you know, be able to tell. Um, and so they had me get out, and I got out and came over to the bed, and um, with like. It was like one contraction and a push. I delivered the placenta. Nice. Um, yeah. So that was really easy. Um, my daughter oh. and husband cut the cord together. Um, and yeah, that, so I, I haven't really been giving times. So at one thirty is when I felt that pop mm-hmm. and I was dilated to a four and I delivered him at 4.40. Yeah. Yeah, so you, hit, it all you went just went back. straight to active labor right then. Yeah, yeah, wow. for sure. Um, but it was just, it was amazing. I was, I was so like prepared for it that, like, I didn't think you could be that prepared, like, to do something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, between reading Ina May's book, um, Guide to Childbirth, and, um and listening to, you know, your podcasts and hearing other women's stories, like, I was, I was prepared, like, I was ready, I had all of the tools that I needed to be able to get through it, and, you know, after having two births with epidurals, I was pretty nervous going into it, but, like, I knew that I could do it, right, you know, because that's, it's what we're designed to do. I absolutely Yep. And that's, and I just completely agree. It's like just hearing those stories of other moms doing it and reading the stories. It's like, oh, okay, well, they're all doing it and, and they're okay. Like I I can totally do this. And really for me, it was such a big deal. And obviously I, I want other moms to experience that too. So that's why I'm so grateful for all of the different types of stories, all the different stories that moms have brought to the podcast, yours in particular, you know, it's just, you have had such a journey and for moms to be able to hear it and know that like, 
it doesn't matter what your previous experiences were. You can do this. You yeah, can do it a different absolutely. Way. It's just amazing. Yeah. You just have to find somebody that will listen to you mm-hmm. and really hear you, you know? And if that's an OBGYN at a hospital, then that's great. But you have to find that person. Absolutely. That's perfect. Gosh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Riley, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was an absolute joy to hear your stories. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to have been able to share and, and I hope to be able to continue to encourage, you know, other moms that are like me. You absolutely did. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. What a difference in care. As we head into today's episode roundup, that's the topic I want to discuss. What I love about midwifery, particularly the home birth variety, is the level of individual care. The midwifery model of care lends itself to truly learning about the mother, gaining a full understanding of her health, and then proceeding with the intention of keeping her risk factors low and in check. Conditions were never pushed on Briley based off of the fact that they're just must be something like had happened to her previously and she was given the opportunity to absolutely rock her birth which she did individualized care my friends that's what it's all about okay that's all i've got for you this week i'll see you back here next week thanks for listening to this week's episode Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.